to Exodus. Y'all ready? Okay. Put, put your seatbelts on because we're going to go fast. We have some friends, brother and sister and their kids visiting from Minnesota. You'll want to say hi to them on the way out. Um, they they are wanting to move down here to Oklahoma to God's country. God's I wouldn't country. want to live up in Minnesota where it's cold, cold, cold. Yeah, my son moved from Minnesota a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm just on. Okay. He got tired of that cold. It's on. Okay. Are you getting it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I had a friend that lived in the Twin Cities and uh, he worked for 3M and there was a, in Central Texas, there was a big, big uh, 3M manufacturing plant. They made reflective tape. And uh, it, I asked him, I said, do you think you'll ever go back to Minnesota where your family is? He goes, no way. I'd rather be hot any day than cold. So he thought, he thought down here was God's country. So but we're glad to see y'all. You want to say something, Sarge? Okay. On Sunday, are they going to have a service and then the dinner or just the dinner? No, we have a service and the dinner. Uh, the service will be, uh, we're going to have a, uh, the baby dedication, it, which isn't really, it's not just babies. There are a bunch of family that didn't have an opportunity for that, and they're they want to dedicate themselves because we don't dedicate the children. We really dedicate ourselves to bringing up yeah. those children and um, the whole church with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what we're doing. And then we'll eat and play games and all. It's Super Sunday. Yes, sir. We're going to have lots of shade. We got water. It'll be good. And we, we're not going to, it won't be a captive audience. You can go if you want to. So, all right. Exodus chapter 25 is where we are. We've gone mostly, well, we've gone chapter by chapter and almost verse by verse the whole way. But we're not going to do that tonight. But we're going to look at some types of things and then jump over sections uh, that are kind of similar in all the descriptions. But chapter 25 is where the, the description of the sanctuary and the tabernacle starts. The last verse in chapter 24 was, And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. And that this is that all the time that God has given him the description of all these things. That's during those 40 days and 40 nights. And it's important because that's kind of the foreshadowing of what's going to happen and out here about chapter 32. So um, chapter 25 starts with, and get my thing going here. Whoops. Okay. I can fix it. I've got it right here. Okay. If my... Thing will That's open. our song. <laughs> All right. Um, there it is. And it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly. That's the important part. Willingly, with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take from them. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet. Thread. Fine linen. Fine linen. What do we call the best sheets now? They're made out of what? Egyptian cotton. They had a lot of that since they came out of Egypt. Uh, so, uh, fine linen and goat's hair. What do we call goat's hair? A sweater made out of goat's hair. The good kind. No. Cashmere. Cashmere. Cashmere is the very best. So that's what they were, that's what he was looking at receiving from them. Ram skins, dyed red, badger skins, and acacia wood. Oil for the light, not to cook with, and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. Onyx stones and other stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate, and let them make me a sanctuary. Sanctuary, which means just make make a holy place, a place that's different. It's not like every other place, a special set-aside place. 
that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all his furnings, just show, just so you shall make it. And if you got your Bible, underline, just so. And all the... And all Jeff and I were talking about this a little bit ago. In all the ways that people kind of want to do God there, it's like build a bear, you know, where you go and you make a bear and you, you can do whatever to it and, and then you stuff it with whatever and you hide little things in it and you can design it the way you want it. God is not that way, even though our culture wants to do some things with that. And God said, make it just so. Just so, the way that I'm going to tell you. That's the way it is. Um, and the dwelling, tabernacle, was going to be a dwelling place of God and of His people. That's what's going to be the place. When you see tabernacle, it can mean a lot of different things. It can mean the holy of holies part of it. It can mean the, it can mean the place of the tent of meeting, it's called sometimes. But all of that is wrapped up in the the tabernacle. And the first thing that he tells them to make, and we're going to look at this in a little bit of detail and then kind of go more quickly over some of it. And all, I mean, this is going to be the Ark of the Testimony or the Ark of the Covenant is the, um, he gives the, the, these detailed description on how to build that thing. You have a picture that what I handed out earlier that picture, that, that the one on the top where it's got a what looks like a footlocker or something with and it, the cherubim with their wings facing each other, that is the ark of the testimony. And he says, They shall make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits shall be its length. A cubit is around 20 inches. It's different things in different times and different groups, but a cu- the Measure of a cubit was from the your elbow to the tip of your fingers. So mine is, uh, and I'm not very big, but mine's 19 inches long. And it's anywhere from, Jimmy, you look surprised that mine's 19, 19 inches long. Inches. I wonder how long yours is. But uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 inches. Uh, so when you think of it, think of it like that. Uh Two and a half cubits shall be its length, a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. So it was, the end of it was square, but it was long like a footlocker, right? And you shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out. You shall overlay it. So it's plated with gold inside and out. And 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 we plate things like the way you... gold plate a pen is to hook electricity of it and put it down in a, a solution and the gold is like cooked on it that way. They, they didn't have any way to do that so they hammered out sheets of it and covered it with that and then rubbed it in to where uh, um, the designs in it come out. So you shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out you shall overlay it and shall make on it a molding of gold all around. So I, I think molding is just like that crown molding on the top of that wall over there. You shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side and two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. We, If you look at that picture there, they have it where going through the front and the back of it. There's also, in the description you can't really tell, but there's, uh, there's longer poles that go along the two sides of it. Uh, and that, that's the way that some people think it was carried. Now, you can't tell by the way they describe it there. But it was important that it was carried that way when the, when the Philistines captured it, when Hophni and Phinehas took it out into battle because they wanted God to go with them. God already said he wasn't going to go with them. They were going to lose. And, uh, and they end up losing it. And it stays with the Philistines for a while, and then it stays in Bethel. Uh, oh, I can't remember. It stays there for a while, and, and they bring it back the way the Philistines sent it to them. They brought it on a cart, and that's when the, um, the two of the priests die from, from trying to catch it from falling over. Uh, so 
the, ring, the rings and the rods are important. And you shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark that the ark may be carried by them. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. So they stayed in there all the time. And you shall put it into the ark of the testimony, which I will, and you shall put into the ark the testimony, which I will give you. That, and they doesn't have those yet. It's going to be the tablets. That's the testimony. Extreme, extreme detail. Already there, uh, already there's, Eight particular things that they have to do with subsections of those. Um, And there's going to be 11 particular things that they're supposed to do with it before it's all done. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length and a cubit and a half its width. That's the top of the, the... Ark of the Covenant, and you shall make two cherubim of gold of hammered work. You shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end and the other cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherubim on the two ends and one piece uh, at the two ends of it. One, and it's all one, built all together, not pieces stuck together, all made together. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I'll give you. Second time he said that, and there I'll meet with you. And I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children uh, of Israel. So he's telling him, he's telling Moses, just Moses all this, And all this stuff you're going to go and tell the children of Israel. You shall also make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length, a cubit its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold also. And make a molding of gold around it. And you shall make for it a frame of a handbreadth all around. And you shall make a gold molding for the frame all around. And you shall make for it four rings of gold. So there's rods to carry it, that one too. And put the rings on the four corners that are at its four edges. The ring shall be close to the frame as holders for the poles to bear the table, and you shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold that the table may be carried with them. You shall make its dishes, its pans, its pitchers, its bowls for pouring, and you shall make them of pure gold, and you shall set the showbread on the table before me always, always. That's the showbread that David took when he was running from Saul that Jesus mentions when he's, uh, they've, when his disciples were walking through the field and they they ate the wheat or whatever, and he said, uh, "This is what he brings up." You know, David ate the showbread, and that he he wasn't supposed to do that. So, uh, this is that table that's got this bread on it. Twelve loaves of bread. I think they're all unleavened bread. Uh, Twelve loaves of it that represent the twelve tribes of Israel, the twelve families, and. It's also got the poles in it, too, to carry it. So the, the, the Ark of the Covenant was to contain the testimony and some other things. We'll look at that. Well, they tell about that in Leviticus. Uh, the table for the showbread. The showbread, represent, I mean, it wasn't like some magical something. It just represented to the children of Israel... And y'all, they didn't even get to see it. (laughs) But everybody knew it was in there. It was a reminder of God's provision, continuing provision for Israel, just like the manna was. And it's a type of Jesus because Jesus is what? The bread of life. And so that kind of provision, it represents that. That bread was before always, and it was replenished every week. And then... Next is the golden lampstand, and its description, you can read about it. It ha- It's like a menorah. It's got these sides, but where a menorah only has, it has, those, it has a center, and it has the six little branches uh, that go on each side, of, or three branches on each side of the center for six and seven with the middle one, and that's seven candles. But this one seems to have had a lot more candles than that, but I'm not going to quibble about that. Uh, but it, it was a type of a menorah. 
Um, and it could have had up to 21 lights, depending on how you read it and, and what it means. Uh, but he says in verse 40, uh, this is a lampstand. And in verse 40, he says, and see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. So where I don't have a picture to understand all the words that God said, apparently he said, I showed you this on the mountain. Uh, so there was a picture for Moses to understand it more clearly. But, it, but the important thing he says, make them this way. You don't get to make it up as you go. Like, like we are, seem to be doing in our culture a lot these days. Um, <clears throat> then the next description is the tabernacle or the tent. Uh, Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine woven linen and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. That's what the designs are going to be. Artistic designs of cherubim, you shall weave them. The length of each curtain shall be 28 cubits and the width of each curtain four cubits. And every one of the curtains shall have the same measurements. Five shall be coupled. Okay, this description goes on for a long time and it describes the walls. And if you look at the pictures that I gave you, the one with the three, that's kind of what's being described here. Can everybody see that? I'm ADD and I like pictures. So... Uh, there's a description of the first part of it is the description of what is under that tent looking thing. And, and it just describes the walls that are around the sides of it. But I mean, they're extremely detailed on how the, the curtain, the rings that go on the rods to hold the curtain, the curtain rods, exactly how they're supposed to me be made and, and, uh, how, there's rings in the middle, and those rings get linked together because it all had to come apart because they were traveling from place to place to place, and this went with them. And so this wasn't curtains like, uh, how many of you have been on stage somewhere and, and put part of the curtains and looked out? That, that's how we normally think of curtains. Even at home, we, you, know, you can look out the sliding glass door by parting the curtains. These weren't that way. They're, locked, they're interlocked um, with these rings, and then poles are put through the rings. You, it's, a, it's a place to keep people out, uh, and there was only one way to get in there, and not very many people ever went in there. But it, it's, all of that's under that tent, and it's just walls, no, no roof. Then it gets down to, you shall make curtains of... Uh, Where's the part about? Okay, verse 7, it says, You shall also make curtains of goat's hair to be a tent over the tabernacle. So that's in verse 7 right there. You shall make 11 curtains, yada, yada, and it, there's a tent over that. You can see that in the picture. Um, then down in verse 15, there are going to be, And for the tabernacle you shall make boards of acacia wood standing upright. So they're like they're standing up like barn wood standing up. And I think that's like doors in the on the front side of it to close everything off. Um see. Ten cubits shall be the length of a board, and a cubit and a half shall be the width of each board. Two tenons, which a tenon is a mortise and tenon is when you've got a hole and the tenon is this part that's Slides inside the hole and chairs have those and, and different kind of wooden cabinets and stuff have those. So the tenon is the part, is the sticking out part that slides into a deal. So it's describing these interlocking things. But the, the, the sockets that the tenons went into are made of silver. I mean, it's just perfectly... You shall make 40 sockets of silver under the 20 boards, two, two sockets under each of the boards for the, its two tenons. For the second side of the tabernacle, the north side, there shall be 20 boards, etc., etc. Um, you shall make bars of acacia wood, five for the boards on each side of the tabernacle, and that's the bars that I was talking about that went through the curtain rods or went through the rings on there, and that locked everything up. 
verse 31, and you shall make a veil woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Blue, purple, and scarlet is big because it came from three different organisms, shells and, sh- and uh, shrimp is what the red, no, that's what the blue came from. And then the red came from what the Indians around here. Uh, did y'all ever see the little white things that are on cactus? And they have little red uh, insects in them. The Indians use that red dye that red insect to make dye, mm-hmm. and they had something like it in the Middle East that was a similar thing to it that they made this dye out of. But it, So they had to gather up these tiny little organisms. They had to gather up thousands of them to make enough dye to, to like to dye a badger skin red. Um, imagine how much that would take. Uh, we did that for a school project one time. We made it out of the stuff that's on the prickly pear cactus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it took a lot of them. Um, so the veil woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen, uh, it shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubim. There you go again. You shall hang it upon the four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. The hook shall be gold and upon four sockets... Uh, and that is the description of, okay, the veil that goes into the Holy of Holies, which that's the veil that was torn when, but it was a bigger one at that time when, when Jesus dies on the cross and the veil is torn, but it accomplished the same purpose. It separated this holy place from common things. Uh, and all of that encompassed the inside portion that had the showbread and the and the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, and you shall make a door for the screen of the tabernacle woven of pure purple. Uh, you shall make for the screen five pillars of acacia. Okay, I'm going to skip that. Next, 27. The altar of burnt offering. So all of these things that God is describing are a part of what is going to be the articles of worship for the, the Hebrew people, um, and they're going to know about it, but a lot of this stuff they're never going to actually lay eyes on. Only a few people will. Um, so the altar of burnt offering is where they're going to, like when they sacrifice a goat or sheep or cow or something like that, it's going to be done on this altar. It's made... Uh, its descriptions, you shall make its horns on its four corners. Uh, its horn shall be of one piece with it, and you shall overlay it with bronze. Everything else has been gold so far, but why would this be bronze? To cook. Fire. Yeah. The, the, if it was made of gold, it would all melt and wouldn't last very long. So it's made of bronze, uh, and uh, you shall make pans to receive its ashes, and the parts of the shovels and the basins and forks and fire pans because they cooked fat on here and all this kind of stuff. So to keep from making a big mess, it's got all this stores. All those are also made of bronze. You shall make a grate for it, a, a network of bronze, a network. You shall make four bronze rings at its corners. And if you see the picture of it, it also had the things to carry it. it it's that big, big square looking thing mm-hmm. in the bottom Right-hand corner. Uh, poles again, made out of acacia wood to carry it. About, uh, you shall also make the court of the tabernacle. So when you look at the big picture of the tabernacle, that the court is the big outside... Um, the little fence that goes all the way around the big thing. This is a picture, a little bit of what the 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 temple is going to look like. It's built in a very similar fashion, and so the the people would actually come inside parts of the court and all. So uh, you shall make a court for the south side. There shall be hangings uh, made of fine woven linen, hundred cubits long for one side. And it's 20 pillars and their 20 sockets shall be bronze and hooks and all that stuff. 
the point that I want you to see in all of this is that there's a lot of detail in, in a way that God wanted it to be done, and He didn't want it to be done any different. It's going to be exactly this way. Um, and then inside the inside that big court, which you have a picture of that, He says, and you shall... And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually. So that's the one that's inside the holy place. That And there's the showbread in there. And then there's the lampstand. And it will be lit continually in the tabernacle of meeting outside the veil, which is before the testimony. Aaron and his sons shall tend it from evening until morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever to their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. So that's all of the main furniture stuff that's going to be a, a part of the trappings of their worship. Then he describes Aaron and all of the things that they were, they were going to have that separate them from everybody else. Now Aaron and Moses and a handful of other people are already recognized as leaders and they're already recognized as different from the rest of the people. But um, they, in order to maintain that difference and recognition of their holiness or their separation for certain things, um, and why do you think that they would want there to be a differentiation between the people at large, and the, these leaders that are set aside. What? Leadership. Leadership, okay. Sarge? Aaron was Moses' brother. Yes. And he set them aside to be the priest. That's right. Um, Aaron was the spokesperson in the beginning for all of this, and I... There's a lot of speaking that doesn't apparently happen just through Aaron anymore. Moses starts speaking. And I don't know if God healed the stutter that he had or whatever it was, but, but somehow, but Aaron is still in the center of a lot of things because he is going to be, like Sarge said, he's going to be the priest, uh, Aaron and his sons. Now take Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from among the children of Israel that he may minister to me as priest. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abihu, uh, Eleazar, and Ithamar, and you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. For glory and for beauty. So it's going to separate him from everybody else. So you, so you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, gifted artists, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to con and we'll see who those guys are in just a minute. Uh, they've been gifted by the Holy Spirit to do these things to, and, and to accomplish this separation, this mark of holiness for Aaron's and his, the garments, to consecrate him that he may minister to me as priest, and these are the garments which they shall make. Mm. Uh, there's there's uh, six things, I think, here. Um, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a skillfully woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. Those six things. So they shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, and his sons, that he may minister to me as priest. And just like all the details in all the furniture that's made, there's detail in all of this too. The first thing that he talks about is the second thing on the list of six things. He talks about the ephod instead of the breastplate. He says, they shall take the gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen, and they shall make the ephod of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen, artistically worked. It shall have two shoulder straps joined at its two edges, and it shall be joined together so it looks kind of like a sandwich board, you know, that they used to, way back in the days, and they'd have a sign on it that said, <laughs> over there, yeah bath 12 cents or something like that. Um, it, it looked a little bit like that. Uh, two straps uh, uh, and these two and a front and a back. 
And the intricately woven band of the ephod, which is on it, shall be the same workmanship, made of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen. You shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel. So this is on the ephod. There's going to be two onyx stones that have six names on one and six names on the other in the order of their birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet, you shall engrave the two stones with the names of the sons of Israel. You shall set them in settings of gold. So these stones are going to have, I imagine them being fairly good size in order to write a bunch of names on them. Uh, six on one and six on the other. And they're in a gold setting with this onyx, which is black, stone. But they're... So they're etched, you know, they've, they've been carved out like a, like a gravestone or something like that. The, the names are carved out of it, right? Like a signet, it says. Uh, and you shall put the two stones on the shoulders of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel. So Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his shoulders as memorial all the, all the time that he's doing his uh, doing his priestly business. You shall also make settings of gold and you shall make the two chains of pure gold like braided cords and fasten the braided ch- uh, chains to the settings. Uh, I think, and I think those just hang down. You shall make the breastplate of, then you shall make the breastplate of judgment. And I'm going to go over a little bit. Six, uh, not breastplate of judgment. Artistically woven according to the workmanship of the ephod. So it's similar in make of gold, purple, uh, gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen you shall make it. It shall be doubled into a square. A span shall be its length, and a span, and I don't know how much a span is, and you shall put settings of stone in it, four rows of four, four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardius, a topaz, and an emerald. So three stones in one row, right? Um, this shall be the first row. Verse 18, the second row shall be a turquoise, a sapphire, and a diamond. The third row, a a jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold settings, and the stone shall have the names of the sons of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, each one of its own name, and they shall be according to the twelve tribes. So a, a stone for each of those things are on this breastplate, and the names written on them. So the names are written on these two things. Same way. A what? I said, what did that weigh? All that Can stuff? you imagine? <laughs> Aaron had to be, I mean, he's got all that gold and those stones it's big enough to write bling. stuff on them. Where we get our birth yeah. stones? Uh, some of those are, aren't they? Yes. Twelve birth stones? Yeah. How about that? You shall make... Uh, you shall make chains for the breastplate at the end, like the braided cords of pure gold, and you shall make two rings of gold for the breastplate, and put the two rings on two ends of the breastplate, and you shall put the two braided chains in gold in the two rings, which are on the ends of the breastplate, and the other two ends of the two braided chains you shall fasten, blah, 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 uh, et cetera, et cetera, lots and lots of detail. Hmm. And then in verse 31, and the other priestly garments, you shall make the robe of the ephod. The, um, the robe is the third thing mentioned in that list of six. And you shall make the robe of the ephod all of blue. Verse 31, 32, there shall be an opening for his head in the middle of it. It shall have a woven binding all around the opening, like the opening in a coat of mail. I didn't know they had a coat of mail back then. So that, and they might not have, they may have had it, the description in King James, uh, they recognize it as such, but so that it does not tear. And upon its hem you shall make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet. Pomegranates. And all around its hem, uh, on the, on the lampstand, he talked about almond, uh, blossoms. And, and now we're talking about pomegranate and the bells of gold between them all around a golden bell and a pomegranate gold bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the road so those are all and these bells and its sound will be heard when he goes into the holy place before the lord and when he comes out that he may not die i don't know why i need a little alarm on there to um these have been described as gifts of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit oh which one's the gift? Around the bells. The bells, okay. Interesting. Um, but there, for some reason, he needed to be 
I mean, that's why we have Bill on a cat, is so he doesn't die when, it, by, when he surprises you. Um, but I don't think God would be surprised, so I don't understand the exact nature of the bell. But um, that's the guy who walked in. They ain't be surprised by God. Yeah, it's not ringing. He's dead yet. And you shall make a plate of pure gold, engrave on it like the engraving of signet, holiness to the Lord. And you shall put it on a blue cord that it may be on the turban. So this turban that he wears has a gold plate on it, more weight that says holiness to the Lord. And you shall put it on a blue cord that it, and that you shall put on it a blue cord. A blue cord hangs down right in front of Aaron's face uh, that it may be on the turban. It shall be on the front of the turban. So it shall be on Aaron's forehead that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel hallow and all of their holy gifts. And it shall always be on his forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. You shall skillfully weave the tunic. Here's the next thing. The tunic, a fine thread. Uh, you shall make the turban of fine linen. You shall make the sash of woven work. So the sash doesn't have very much detail, but it's in there. And for Aaron's sons, you shall make tunics and you shall make sashes. You shall make the hats. You shall make hats for them. Aaron wears a turban, but the rest of the guys wear hats. So you shall put on them on Aaron, your brother, and on his sons with him. You shall anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them that they minister to me as priests. And this is funny because God's going to make them wear boxer shorts. <laughs> you shall make for them linen trousers to cover their nakedness that they, uh, they shall reach from the waist to the thighs their boxer shorts. They, they just are. They shall be on Aaron and all his sons when they come into the tabernacle of the meeting or when they come near the altar to minister in the holy place that they do not incur iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever to him and his descendants after him. There was going to be no going commando in the holy place. So, and I mean, that is, you know, what's under a kilt. Right? Nothing is under a kilt. Norm, that's the way the Scottish people wear them. There's not anything under those long robes that they wear in the desert and all that kind of stuff. But God said, this is going to be a little different from that. You may not wear boxer shorts all the time, but when you are ministering in the Holy of Holies, you're going to wear some underwear. And this is what you shall do to them that, uh, to hallow them for ministering to me as priests. Um, and there's a description uh, of all the things that he's going to do in making these uh, uh, offerings for them. Uh, and it says, you'll bring Aaron and, to, and his sons and you'll wash them. And then you'll put all the garments on them. And verse six, you shall put the turban on his head and put the holy crown on the turban. I don't know where the holy crown co comes from because it hadn't been talked about before. There's not any description of the holy crown. That's the first time it's missioned. Um, and he'll anoint them all with oil, and uh, and it's going to be a perpetual thing, and they will be consecrated. Consecrated means separated for this work. Uh, not common. It's going to be a very different thing. You shall also have the bull brought before them, and they'll put their hands on the bull, and you'll kill the bull, and part of the bull, uh, verse 14, uh, put the flat. But the flesh of the bull with its skin and its offal, you shall burn with fire outside the camp. So they take it out somewhere away from the camp. It's a sin offering. And then he'll take the ram and offer it uh, hands on the head of the ram as they uh, sacrifice it and all those things. Uh, that is an offering made by fire to the Lord. And then the other ram comes along and they, he takes part of it and sprinkles blood here and there and puts it on some of the stuff that they're wearing on the tunics and all that kind of stuff, puts a mark of blood on all of those things. And then they take the fat and that says, it's an offering made by fire to the Lord. Then you'll take the breast of the ram of Aaron's consecration. So it's that same lamb, same ram, and uh, you'll consecrate it before. And it is there, verse, that last verse and the end of that first paragraph. It says, 
It's their heave offering to the Lord. There's two kinds of offerings. There's a heave offering and a wave offering. And the wave offering was this side-to-side horizontal movement. And the heave offering was this up-and-down movement, like heave-ho on a rope. Um, And I don't understand that, but that's how they were going to do it. And... um, There's descriptions of how they're going to wear them and all that stuff. Then verse, uh, we're going to jump to. Why was the blood put on the big toe and so forth? I don't know. It's unusual. It is unusual. It was just, well, it's. The ear, the thumb, the toe. The what? Ear, thumb, and toe. Yeah. <laughs> to consecrate their feet. Yeah. Because they were going to walk in. He it's was the right ear. Aaron. Their, right ear of the right ear. And Aaron was going to walk in to the Holy of Holies. Yeah. But, uh, or he was going to walk into the holy place. And that once a year, they sprinkled the blood on the, on the mercy seat, too. Uh, so then he says, You shall make an altar of incense. This is the only piece of furniture that's not mentioned in the very beginning of the thing, but it's a type of furniture. I mean, they, outside in the court, the open court, that's where the, the altar, of, the sacrificial altar was made, and it's the big bronze thing that they burned on. There's something else out there called the altar of incense, and it's mentioned separately from all the others because it's connected to the ministry of the priests. The altar of incense is. He says, make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length and a cubit its width. It shall be square and the two cubits shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece. So it's got horns on it. The altar of incense. When they talk about grabbing the horns of the altar, this is the thing they're talking about. And you shall overlay its top, its sides all around the horns with pure gold. You shall make for it a molding, etc., etc. Uh, it'll also have poles down here in verse 5 uh, and overlay this, them with gold and that's how it'll be carried. And you will, uh, and you shall put it before the veil that's before the Ark of the Testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony where I will meet with you. So that sounds like it's going to be on the inside, but it's not. It's on the outside. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning and when he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. Uh, it... And so, uh, but that's what it's for, burn incense on. And I want to get to, okay, verse 11. Uh, Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, when you take the census of the children of Israel for their number, so it's going to make a count of all the people, then every man shall give a ransom for himself to the Lord when you number them, that there may be no plague among them when you number them. And so there's a small amount of, a half a shekel, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, uh, and there's a, a denomination for how much that is, everyone, including those uh, from 20 years old and above, shall give an offering to the Lord. The rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less than a half a shekel. When you give an offering to the Lord, make an atonement for yourselves. And all the, the seriousness of this is, is indicated by the fact that he says, so there won't be any plague. Because everybody knows we don't want a plague after 2020, right? That's right. Amen. Um, Oh, I left one thing out that I meant to say. When he's talking about the altar of incense, he says in verse 9, he says, uh, verse 9, he says, You shall not offer strange incense on it or a burn offering or grain offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. This is just for incense and a certain kind of incense. You can't just burn any old thing on it um, just because you don't have something else. Then uh, verse 17, he says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also make a labor of bronze. So uh, what, what, what is uh, how you wa- what's washing your hands in Spanish? Lavarse or something like that? It's from this same... It's from this word. It's borrowed from, uh, from the Hebrew. A laver. 
with its base of bronze for washing. So the Aaron and his sons would wa- ceremonially wash their wash themselves, wash their hands and their wee feet with water from it. Okay. That's another special thing made of gold. Also take for yourself down to the bottom, quality spices, 500 shekels of myrrh, sweet-smelling cinnamon, you take a sweet-smelling cane, cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. So that was going to be the base for this anointing oil that was going to be made. The recipe was only for the priest, and um, in verse... 31, verse 31, he said, And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. It shall not be poured on man's flesh, nor shall you make any other like it. According to its composition, it's holy, and it shall be holy to you. So he said, You can't just use it like Axe body spray or something like that. It's not going to be used for anything else. It's for a special purpose, and there's going to be no copies allowed. No counterfeits. It's still that way today in Israel. Is that right? Yes. Cool. Even though they they don't have any of this stuff or a temple or anything to offer it They've got the stuff ready. How about that? And it showed bunches of it when it was there. How cool. They even have the red heifers now. Yeah. Yeah, they got red heifers here just not going back. That's the anointing oil, and there was to be no counterfeits of the anointing oil, and it wasn't to be used for anything else either. Um, and then he says, and the Lord said to Moses, take sweet spices, stocta and onica and galbanum, those are spices, I've never heard of them, and pure frankincense, heard of that, with these sweet spices, there shall be equal amounts of each. You shall make of these an incense, a compound according to the art of the perfumer, salted, pure, and holy. And you shall beat some of it very fine and put some of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the meeting where I'll meet with you. It shall be most holy to you. But as for the incense which you shall make, you shall not make any for yourselves according to its composition. It shall be to you holy for the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to smell it, he shall be cut off from his people. So there, that was another thing. No copies allowed. No no vain use of it. Just like God's name wasn't to be used in vain, these things weren't to be used for any vain, just common purpose. You can, you weren't supposed, I'm sure it was also true, you weren't supposed to make a laver that you put in the bathroom in your house to wash your hands with. Uh, those were special things meant only for the purpose that they were designed for. And here's the guys that God said was were blessed to blessed artisans. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I've called a man named Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Um, And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for setting and carving wood and to work in all manner of workmanship. That's the description of everything that's needed to make all this stuff in this one guy. I mean, it's one thing to be a jeweler and be able to make little things out of gold or even make big things out of gold. But to be a carpenter too, and to be able to do all of these things that were necessary to make all this stuff, he says, I put it all in one guy, knowledge and understanding and all manner of workmanship. And I indeed, I have appointed with, with him Aholiab, the son of Isamach of the tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I've commanded you. I think there's still a place for artisans today, and some of it has gotten lost because we wanted to separate ourselves from a, sometimes too much emphasis on those kind of things. But uh, but there are people. But what? Yes, and it got, and God's doing a different thing now. But the artists that He's blessed with the ability to do all these things, we need to make use of those people, the people that design nice flower arrangements and can set things, uh, uh, do uh, graphic design and things like that. 
I mean, that we depend on even to do our websites and things now, that there are people that are blessed to do that, and we need to, we need to appreciate that God has given those people all those giftings. Um, then he goes on to, uh, in verse 12, and he talks about the Sabbath. My Sabbath you shall keep for it is sign between me and you. And, that, and to the end, it's just, and he says in verse, uh, verse 18, and when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. So the picture that you have of Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments, <laughs> carrying these two big pieces of rock down the mountain, God wrote on those things, on the front and the back of each of those stone tablets, the ten, at least the Ten Commandments, and uh, wrote them with his own finger. Hmm. Can you picture what that looked like? And I'd hope to get to the next, this last chapter, but we're not going to make it to there. But it's the golden calf. Hmm. Forty days, Moses, what? Why is it funny? To go, Aaron, just like, what was he thinking? This is Aaron. Oh, okay, let's, just, let's just look at it. People saw that Moses was delayed, and they come to Aaron and say, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses guy, for as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. It's been 40 whole days. <laughs> Or when you're gone for two weeks in South Korea, I was telling people, don't get me into your jewelry. <laughs> I was afraid I wasn't going to make it back from Korea, too. But, but that's another story. Um, they say, come make us gods that will go before us. I hesitate to say this, but there's a lot of people that want to have stuff to look at. And they, they, and they seek after certain religious expressions that allow them to have stuff to look at and, and a little more stuff to do and, the, and some rituals that we go through. Uh, and, and they like that stuff. But what they're really doing is copying everything that they had left Egypt for because they learned it all, yeah. while they were there. And no doubt, some of the traveling that they do, I'm, I'm thinking some people are jumping on the bandwagon and going with them to this new place. People that are kind of by themselves and want to be a part of a tribe and they welcome them in. But, but somehow there's an influence coming in to do certain things. And because he makes a golden calf. Out of all the things that you could make, why would you make a golden calf? There are golden calves that have been cows little bulls that have been unearthed in archaeological expeditions in this whole area that in recent years that date back to 1550 B.C., which is about this time. They um, would have been in their homes? What? They'd had them in their homes? They, they were all over the place. They were part of a ritual, a fertility ritual and stuff that they did. Like Wall Street. <laughs> so, so Aaron says to them, Aaron says to them, no way. We can't do that. Aaron, uh, Moses will come down. We've seen the lightning. That stuff is still going on up there. It'll be okay. Does it, is that what he does? No, it's not what he does. Just like that, he goes, okay, give me your earrings. <laughs> so they broke off their ear, earrings off their ears. Uh, apparently, they didn't have those little backs that go on and off. They, <laughs> they were somehow forged onto their ears and he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. And they said this, and they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. They said. That was a lie. Not Aaron. <laughs> so when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation. He said, tomorrow's the feast of the Lord. Yahweh is that word right there. Then they rose early on the next day, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And if the, the calf is any indication of what they did, the, it, it was play that wasn't, didn't glory the Lord, uh, didn't glory, bring glory to God in any kind of way. And the Lord says to Moses, 
Get down for your people. (laughs) Your people who you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They've turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. Because he's already been down there once with the Ten Commandments. And he said, here's what God says. And they said, that sounds good. We'll do that. Good. We're going to go with that. And then he goes up to get some more instructions, 40 days and 40 nights, and they lost it all. A little over a month. Um, uh, they made themselves a multi calf worship and sacrifice and said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And I mean, God's telling Moses what's going on down there because he doesn't know. And the Lord said to Moses, I've seen this people, and indeed, it's a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn out against them and I may consume them. them I'm going to consume them and I'll make of you a great nation. I'm just going to start over again. He doesn't give up on man completely, but he gives up on the dumb ones. Um, So he he says, Moses, I'll make of you a great nation. But Moses pleads with the Lord and says, Lord, why does your wrath burn out against your people? And and something he's done so far... uh, the Egyptians will say, you brought them out in the desert just to harm them. Uh, Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm of your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and and Jacob, Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I'll multiply your descendants. So he reminds God of the promises that he's made. And the Lord relented, verse 14, from the harm which he said he'd do. Moses turned and went down the mountain and the two tablets of testimony were in his hand, the tablets written on both sides, on the one side and on the other, they were written, and the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, I mean, so he's coming down with Moses from that, and he says, "There's a lot. I think there, I think there's a battle going on in the camp." But he said, "It's not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear." So it was as soon as he came near the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing and carrying on, the playing. And Moses' anger became hot and he cast the tablets out of his hand and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Brother Dwayne said, ain't nobody broke the Ten Commandments like Moses no, broke the Ten yeah. Commandments. And he took the calf which they had made, burned it in the fire, ground it into power and scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And we'll talk about that next time. Anyway. And Moses said to Aaron, what did this people do to you that you brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, do not let your anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. They said to me, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, he, you know, blah, blah. And I said to them, okay, if you have any gold, did you ever say to your kids, what were you thinking? And the, your kids say, what? <laughs> well, Andrew told me to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Logan would say, Cameron said, said I should do it. <laughs> One time Logan told Cameron, you need to call him Stevie Weavy, you big old army truck. Because Logan was like, uh, you know, three years old, and that was the biggest curse that he could think of. <laughs> Stevie Weavy, you big old army truck. And Cameron didn't do it. Um, but uh, that's the kind of... Aaron says to him, well, they made me do it. How dumb is that? That's why Pam thinks it's funny. Well, because he just says, I... I through the golden, this calf just came out. Amen. Yeah. Didn't have anything to do with it. That started in the garden, blaming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's this woman you gave. It me. was that woman. <laughs> it was that woman you gave me. Um. They told me to, and the calf jo- jumped out. That's the funny part. Yeah. And it ends with Moses saying. Uh, He tells the Lord, he said, these people have committed a great sin and made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you've written. Moses put himself up and said, blot me out, but don't blot them out. Moses were a pretty good guy. Uh, And God tells him, he says, you know what? I'm going to blot out the people out of my book, the ones that did the bad, not... We're not going to have a substitution, at least not in this point in history. Amen? Let me pray for us.
They were naked. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that um, <coughs> that we don't blindly <coughs> seek you and try to do things that are pleasing to you without knowing that you've prescribed certain things to us. Um, that there is a way that um, a right way to do things that you you've told us about. And that to do anything else is is to worship ourselves. And Father, as you prescribed a way for the children of Israel to maintain their promise, uh, I pray that you'll... um, I pray that we'll be a a people that are faithful to the commands that you've given us. And, And not that we're a people of the law, but we're a people that follow a morality the way you describe it as being, um, and that we'll be faithful to, to Jesus. That we'll be faithful to this word that you've given us. Bless us as we go from here to, to bless others. Every place that our foot falls, it will be Jesus everywhere we go. It's in his name we pray. Amen. This is the chapter where you choose.